Well, you know, everybody needs to get their story out. Uh, sometimes it gets finagled and twisted and all of that stuff a little bit. Well, I think that's kind of what's happening today. Uh, Laura Lee Tupa, CEO of Circle of Friends Animal Shelter, in the studio today. We're going to be talking with her. We'll be taking questions and comments if you want. Uh, but anyway, let's listen to this from Churchill Shoes. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SAS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes. All right, uh, here we are. We are back at the studios of Grand Forks Best Source. By the way, our phone number, uh, if you want to text or call in any questions, is 218 uh, or 701-213-0863. I was going to say my own phone number. 701-213-0863. And before we get going, let's do it. Our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. You know, a cockroach can survive a nuclear holocaust. Cockroach can survive a nuclear holocaust. But if you swat it with a newspaper, it would die instantly. Shows you how toxic the media can be, right? <laughs> I had to get that one in there. Wow. Oh, I got another one. Okay. You want to hear this one? I thought the better joke was your phone number because everybody knows it's on the bathroom walls. Oh, I know that. Uh, yeah. Uh, geez. Oh, wait. Here, let's do one of these for that one. There. It wasn't that uh, good. <laughs> how about this one? I tried to make a paper plane out of a newspaper. The right wing was fine, but the left wing was trash. Here we go. Um, okay. Uh, Laura Lee Tupa, CEO of Circle of Friends Animal Shelter. Um, I, when we, I, okay, I started off with a, with a paper joke. Um, I'm going to start off this interview with uh, our local part-time paper. Had a big story. In fact, two big stories now in the last week. Uh, the headline saying last week how $2 million in cash becomes 42000 in unpaid bills. We know how headlines are. We know how things get misconstrued. We know how things get twisted. What's going on? Well, I think there's a lot of factors that were. So the first thing is in um, all of these you know, conversations is that um, we did meet. So um, it was our executive leadership team, our board chair. We did meet with the reporter and provided an abundance of information mm-hmm. to ensure that you know we're cooperating, we're being sure. transparent. And I don't think the article reflected that very well. Um, and so you know when we talk about where does money go, and it, and it really has hurt us as an organization. Prior to that article, there was you know a lot of support growing. We are growing in support, and now we have a lot of people coming in and asking. Asking questions. Um, when they do ask questions, we are um, actually, you know, getting donors back, right? Because mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. sit down, and they look at it. But um, when we're looking at that, and I had, and this was provided to the city as well, and it's there, is that when you look at our medical center renovation, yep, okay. Yep. So the medical center renovation came from like basically a board that's not in existence anymore. Okay. So this is way back in 2015 and these minutes, oh, yeah. you know, were provided. So mm-hmm. I was hired in 2016 and, you know, in the minutes there's, you know, 
different board members who, you know, in strategic planning, it's that we must, you know, we need a quarantine room. And, you know, there was a individual who worked for the organization who was said that they were going to do a capital campaign. And that was back in, you know, 2015. And so if you watch those board minutes, then you start to see, you know, we really need to expand our facilities and we need a quarantine room. So all this was happening before I was brought on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in addition, then Rydell's generously gave Circle of Friends the Rydell 10th Annual Car Show. And the... Um, they were, and the idea was that this was to start this medical suite. This okay. was to get medical equipment, mm-hmm. surgical equipment, so that you could have these quarantine rooms. And so then, over a year later, I'm hired. And this is one of the things that the board has tasked me with: is that sure. we really need to be doing this. And this just isn't; these aren't just your decisions. You don't no. just say we're going to do this. Right. You have a board. Well, and in fact, I ran into several problems trying to implement the directive. Right? Okay. Because as you're trying to add a quarantine room, you're trying to add medical suite there's a lot of different pieces to it that people don't really understand you can't just go you know you and i might have two living rooms and yours doesn't have windows and mine does but when you're talking about surgery you Mm. have to follow standards you have to follow you know how air exchanges work and all these pieces well in addition to have one so that you can have a surgical suite and one of the things i would say is that you know it was reported that it's a state-of-the-art facility that's actually really not true because what we would do is we would work with you know, the person who is our contractor, and we'd always pick the lowest thing oh, we sure. could pick that would last the longest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And these are big investments, right? Oh, well, yeah, so, they are. So this plan's coming from 2015 all the way through, and there's not enough money. And we're asking, you know, at that time, there was a veterinarian, and that person's making recommendations, which we have in all those board minutes, right? That this was a plan before even I was there. And, you know, to have these quarantine rooms and such. Well, when you start moving things around and you're, you know, doing this. So we got a quote at one point that we would have enough room for an adoption center add-on as well as this medical suite okay. out at the north location. Okay. Okay. The issue was that it was very expensive to do, mm-hmm. and just a parking lot alone was, like, hugely expensive. Sure. We wouldn't have enough room to serve all the people, have enough parking, yep. and have everything in one location, and it was going to be extremely expensive. In addition... Nobody wants to drive that far out of town to adopt a man. I know, I know. That's, that's the, the only downfall. I mean, it's a great place, but mm-hmm. uh, that that is a, a bad part of it. But right. So every time that we would be advertising and stuff, we would get several people coming in telling us, like, "Hey, you know." Um, and I'm moving, so I can like follow a timeline here, so I can make sure. So we're in 2015, and so there was unanimous decision was made by the board to pursue a quarantine room, and the development director at that time was tasked with a capital campaign. Okay. Okay. I don't know if a capital campaign happened. Mm -hmm. I can tell you there wasn't enough funds. And then in 2016, and this was before I arrived, the money was received from the Rydell Car Show that was earmarked for the purchase of medical equipment, surgical supplies, a quarantine room. Okay. So when I come, there's this balance, and they're explaining to me this is a goal that, you know, we need to carry through together. We need to finish this, okay? And so... Many years of trying to figure it out, and we had different veterinarians who volunteered time who came in and explained, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. Now, some unnecessary things that we didn't have to put in at the medical center was we put in handicap accessibility, and we did that for learning purposes and because we wanted to make sure everyone 
can be welcomed into our facility regardless of anything. So Every other place has to do it. Well, and we put it on the bathrooms, right? Because Mm -hmm. we want to make sure anybody who is there can. So that would be an expense that maybe you would say would be outside the scope of what this original board had come up with and passed unanimously that they wanted. State of the art, by the way. That's okay. (laughs) And it's not. I know, I know. Now, it is really nice, but also remember, a lot of the equipment that was seen by somebody who would say state of the art, a lot of that was grant money, Mm -hmm. right? We write Mm -hmm. for equipment and stuff. And here's the thing with grants. They don't want you to buy something cheap because they don't want you to come back and ask for more money. So exactly. You, you yeah. have to follow depreciation, yeah. you know, all yeah. these different pieces. Mm-hmm. So we have this. Then the second part that we did add was we made sure there was space for children to learn. So we made sure that the window was low enough mm-hmm. that you could see into the surgical suite. Now, is this the big part of the expense? Absolutely not. Okay. Right? Like this is a small piece of a surgical suite, which we've been tasked with since 2015. Right. It's one of the hundreds of mm-hmm. small things. Right. Okay. I, I, I've got so many questions. Um, first off, uh, I want to know um, the people writing the stories uh, in our part-time paper, where are they getting their information? Um, because I, I'm, I'm not going to say exactly what, but I know there's some things I know that weren't right, but where are they getting their information? Did any of this come from you or did it come from any of your board members? I mean, it seems to me some of this was kind of misconstrued a little bit, or am I wrong? I would have to know specifically what you're talking about, because we did meet with the reporter, mm-hmm. and we did provide answers. So, you know, I would need to know specifics okay. of what you're referencing. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get in anybody <laughs> in trouble. But, um, you know, it, it just seems to me that some of this information was gotten from people that like to be in the news. They like to have their their voices heard. They want people to know that they're a so-called mover or shaker. It it, it started, I can remember when this all started, it's like, well, do you know how much they make? Do you know how much the CEO makes? And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to say it's probably not enough. It's not my business. I know what they do. Nobody else will do. This guy I'm talking to, or one of them, I, I wanted to say, okay, what if I call you at three o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning saying, we got this dog running loose. I need you to come and get it and take care of it. What are you going to do? That's what they do. You want to talk about salaries? Let's look at salaries uh, for like uh, Grand Forks Youth Hockey or PATH or the Grand Forks Visitors Visitors Bureau or, uh, or, or Grand Forks Park District. These guys are making big money too. And they don't do half the stuff that, that you guys are doing. I think what it boils down to is I'm kind of mad. Uh, I'm kind of mad because you know my history with animals. Uh, You know I've rescued a ton of animals. Uh, Whether it be you, whether it be Journey Home, I don't care. You guys are all doing good things, but you guys take it to the next level. Now, again, uh, I see in 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 the city council meeting, they try to compare you guys with Fargo's budget, with Bismarck's budget. Okay, your budget, $198,000, a little bit of change. Bismarck's 278, about 279,000. Fargo, 188,000. Okay, you're more than Fargo, but none of these places, uh, right away when you get your animal, it goes for a vet, you know, um, look or, or whatever. They, you know, give them the look over, an, an, an ex, you know, an exam. Uh, you do the uh, vaccinations, you do the, the chipping and the, the neutering and spade and all that stuff. None of these other places do any of that, do they? 
Well, one of the things that is important to remember, and this definitely has gotten misconstrued multiple times, is that there is a difference. So we provided a graph in the presentation that, you know, I also shared with you. And there's a part where this is the pound. Okay, so Mm -hmm. an animal comes into the pound, and here's what, you know, you would say a pound would do. Okay, so across North Dakota, they're saying, well, we don't do a vet exam. Yeah. Okay, well, what we do is three daily checks by a medical person to make sure that this animal is healthy. Well, it could come in with parvo. It could come in with rabies. It could come in with many numerous things. Right, so for that part of a daily rate is $6.23. Basically, we charge about five minutes of that person to walk by and we have caught parvo sure right sure. because they're doing this check and it's on a system what time of day they're going to check mm-hmm. it and so now if your council right and your con- constituents don't want that right it's your job to like say okay well that's great you want to do it but you're going to have to go find the donors to take care of that part yeah. because i don't think it's necessary that's fine you know there isn't an argument within that piece of how this works so then you get into well okay so they need food or they need water mm-hmm. or they need this thing and there were a lot of things mentioned. So, you know, we have been trying to have this conversation and stuff. And we were really caught off guard with the news article that told us they were going to go get bids and do this piece. We weren't made aware of that. And we were shocked because we have been partnered with the city. You know that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on the show with you enough and I always compliment the city. And, you know, we yeah. always hold that yeah. relationship in high regard. Always with the police department, right. sheriff's department, right. the city, all of that. I mean, in, in all fairness, I actually get told by people who interview you mean like you don't need to advertise for them right yeah, you know yeah, because yeah. not everybody you know and so it was shocking to us to find out after this relationship that we had to find out via the paper that there's bids going out and that there's this you know piece mm-hmm. happening we might just open our own okay well that's fair they do get to decide you know how sure, they're going to sure. research things you know and with all respect they should well you know, there's a lot of questions about, you know, there's an email that no other cities in North Dakota provide medical care, vaccinations, microchipping of stray animals through animal control. We have a lot of misunderstandings happening. So we're sending out donor information yep. to our donors. So that's another piece is that it, it, there's people who say, well, in this donor piece, you said that city animals cost close to a million dollars and you're only getting, you know, 100 and some thousand mm-hmm. dollars from the city. Well, is the city responsible for that? No. That's not what our argument is. Right, right. We're telling you, because there's a big conversation with our donors, and they say to us, like, I don't want to support animals that are outside of the city. So we had to run numbers to provide that because there are other organizations who bring 300 animals in here from rural areas, and they put them in backyards and stuff. And some Is that even legal, by the way? um, We have a recommendation to the city that they make sure that there's some sort of reporting that people don't go over the animal count Mm -hmm. when they're fostering. That's what I'm getting, yeah. And that every animal that goes into a foster home is properly vaccinated because the reason is, is again, it goes back to like, what is council's job? It's for the constituents. Well, I own a dog. Uh-huh. I don't want to walk my dog and then it gets all sorts of things. I don't want to go to a community event and they have puppies that are unvaccinated. Right. And right. now my dog, and that is on the Greenway. Uh-huh. Or that's in town square. So that's the conversation piece is just let's have a safe and healthy city and take care of the citizens that are here. So going back to that donor piece, we were talking to the donors and saying, yes, these are city animals. 94% of our animals come from Grand Forks City. Mm-hmm. And we need you to step in like you have in the past and make up that difference. Right? Right. And, you know, and actually when we started this fundraiser, there was a – there was a call that went into a radio station and somebody said, well, shouldn't 
the city be more responsible for this? And so I was asked the question, and I said, no. I said, why we're out in our parking lot is because we want to make sure, and everybody's had this happen. You get a gift card, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. around for a while, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, we should go to XYZ restaurant. You pull up with your gift card, and you pull in the door, and you're like, well, if I would have known they were going out of business, I would have came here sooner. Yeah, now right? you got a gift card that's worth nothing. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So we sat in a parking lot because here's the thing. I was going around to donors. I was going around to businesses. I wrote 31 grants in a period of two months Mm -hmm. to try to get support. And what we ran into was when we were writing the grants, we'd get kicked out of the system because we had money in our account. And they would say, we have way too many shelters asking us for help because of the fact that they're running in the red. You're not there yet. So keep asking your donors, keep getting support. So we had an amazing Hugo Scan event. We had all sorts of events in there to try to keep this going. Well, when we got to it, it's like we also have all these city animals coming in. And remember, again, when an animal comes in, it's been hit by a car Mm -hmm. or whatever. Well, most cities are going to tell you that's a euthanasia. Right. Because because you're not going to get the majority of a city to say, I want to pay for that. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not that that's why you'll see in the city graph that all these ones are not saying they're no kill and they do euthanasia. Exactly. Because your job as council is not to represent John Roberts, who loves animals. It's your whole group. And you're not going to get a whole group of people to say they want their tax dollars to save that. Mm -hmm. So my communication was as a donor, if you want us to be able to continue to step in and save said animal, you need to donate to that. Right. So the parking lot piece was, hey, let's make sure people know it costs a million dollars. Right. Plus. Yep. Yep. To have these operations of no kill. Mm -hmm. Right. No city is responsible for no kill. That's an irrational expectation. Mm -hmm. We had plenty of donors who came in and they'd start getting after me like, oh, you got to go. And I was like, that's not what this is about. So when this started, I actually, you know, sent a message to some council and to the mayor. And I was like, this isn't about the relationship with the city. Right. This is about donors understanding that when you operate a pound and you have a one day, two day, three day, four day hold, no city will tell you that, you know, oh, we're going to pay for the microchip. We're going to pay for the spay neuter. Right. That's absolutely it's irrational. You'll never get a majority of people to believe Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So it was to communicate to the donor. We know that, you know, in our city, there's multiple places that are bringing animals in from other areas. Yes. If that's the cause you want to support, they're doing great work. Go go support them. Sure, sure. But if your focus is, and we get checks that say, I only want this for local animals. Yep, yep. So it started to come into question because it gets confusing, mm-hmm, right? You get mm-hmm. a burger at two places, you don't remember which one you like. Right, right. So right. it's like nobody knows who's doing what. Yep. And so that's where that communication piece oh, came sure, in. Oh, sure, sure. To just say to the community, hey, here's the gap you need to fill you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars in order for us to remain no kill, in order for us to have an adoption center where, you know, schools are coming in and all this stuff. The city is not responsible for that, right? right? If you want kids to learn, if you want, you know, we hear all the time people come in and this is the activity that this person and I do together because this person doesn't think their life is valuable. And then they come in and they tell us, like, you know, this person really has some things going on with their health where they yep. often question value. And we when we work with these people and we're like, hey, you know what? Why don't you go sit in this room right here? All we need you to do is hang out with this dog, hang out with this cat. And all of a sudden it starts to change. Exactly. Yes. But the city isn't responsible for that. So that's why we were in the parking lot. There is no other, mm-hmm. like, hidden motive. Mm-hmm. Now, 
if there's questions about the parking lot. Otherwise, I can get into how animals come in within the city and the part that we did want to address, which is about 20 different questions that we provided to the city because we do get all these different animals coming in, chickens and, you know, everything under the sun. And it falls under this category that's in the contract that says safekeeping. Yeah. And so that does need to be addressed by city. Like, what do you actually want? But when it comes to this, you know, the piece you were talking about and us being in the parking lot, if I wanted to have a conversation with the city about it, I wouldn't go to the parking lot. Right. I would go downtown to a mayor who's willing to talk about just about anything, mm-hmm. as you know. Yep. And I would say, hey, we need to have a conversation. And I know, too, I mean, I've talked to the council president multiple times, and he always takes the calls. Yeah. You know, he'll have yep. any conversation oh, yeah. with anyone. And, you know, and I had the same conversation with, I've talked to Brett Weber before, and we've had wonderful conversations. So it wasn't about that ever. But citizens started to, you know, of course, they want to see more. They want this mm-hmm. to happen. And what our communication has been to citizens, and one one was a supporter who no longer is because of the stance I took, because they said, you know, I want you to go with me. Yeah. And I said, you're never going to find a majority of citizens who's going to agree their tax dollars pay for spaying and neutering animals. Right, right. It's not true. No. You know, um, one thing you had just said that um, really hit me, uh, because I, I, I never thought about it till now, but um, uh, any rescue organization, there's a newer one in town now. In fact, um, I rescued a dog from them. But when you said that, Circle of Friends is about the Grand Cities, Grand Forks. This new, um, the new outfit that's out there, uh, the dog I rescued wasn't from around here. I didn't think about that, but what I'm getting at is, is you're all good. I mean, anybody that yeah. will do this for an animal, um, you know my thoughts on that, but what gets me is the people that used to be on your back, it's like they jump ship now. It's like they're, they're jumping on a different bandwagon, and, and I think it's just a spite and add on to what has been out there and what has been said about Circle of Friends. You're all good. I don't get it, but... I never thought about that because the majority of those animals are not coming from Grand Forks. I believe they're coming from somewhere else, and I ended up getting one of them. Uh, I I mean, I'm glad I did, but um, people don't realize this. The ad we were running for you earlier, uh, not that long ago, was 8,000 animals without a kill, or was it 10,000? Something like that. When when we look at these these other, um, you know, uh, animal shelters, they do euthanize. Mm-hmm. They can only hold on to an animal for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever euthanized an animal just because you had it for too long? Because no. I don't think you, your numbers are incredible. No, we do not. And um, we don't, um, no. We, well, and the thing is, is that we're taking in, you know, city animals. And that's the part where we want the community to understand is that when you have a citizen animal coming into an organization, okay, in order for no kill to work, then you have to be willing to pay for that as a citizen. Well, yeah. You know, because... Somebody has to. It's the only way that it works. And so when you talk about, like, well, what should be... So if you have an animal on a four-day hold, right? So it comes in hit by car or it comes in... And we've never really had... You know, the the city hasn't come out and said something like, oh, you shouldn't help that. They haven't said that, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so, but where you get into it is that like, okay, so if you have a puppy come in and it has zero problems, Mm -hmm. okay, so you're going to hold it for four days. You're going to give it food, water, walk it, do whatever you need to do, okay? But then on day five, said puppy has parvo. Okay. Yep. Right? Okay. So when we're looking at all of these pounds that we're getting compared to, right, they're going to transfer 
to a shelter, to yep. a rescue. Yep. And then a lot of rescues, like, you know, we actually have two that have foster homes here in town, just for clarity purposes. Okay. There are two that do. And, you know, they advertise quite a lot that they're helping all these different areas. And it's a really good cause. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. We don't take a stand against what no. they're doing. No. Because they are helping animals. We're just simply saying that we are the ones serving your local animals. Now, do they take some surrenders from individuals in the community? They absolutely probably do. Sure. Because sure. both of our locations have been filled to the walls like oh yeah multiple times this mm-hmm, year mm-hmm. so when there's an owned animal we follow national recommendations which is to give you you you're the one who has owned animal i'm going to give you a brochure go on your facebook page go find an owner for your animal because you yeah. chose to own yeah it. right right like this your problem is not my problem yeah don't dump it your problem on me right and there's too many animals that need help yeah. that have no one. Right. They don't have an right. owner. Right. And so that's the stance we have taken. And so do some of these, you know, other organizations help local animals? Sure. They're taking yeah. surrenders from owned people. There are situations people can't keep their animals anywhere. We want other organizations to exist. That's not a stance that we're taking here. But you are right to say, are there, you know, people who used to work for Circle of Friends or people who used to be on a board and maybe didn't like the direction it took and now are helping? Helping broadcast things that don't really make sense. Absolutely. Okay. You know that's definitely alive and well and happening, and yeah. you can see it in our board minutes. Sure. Do you, you know? do you think that uh, a lot of these naysayers? Do you think they even own pets? I don't know. Because uh, in ex- I mean, I've had so many pets, and, and I've buried so many pets, and 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 it kills me, man. I mean, there our pets are treated like they're our family. Um, example, the other day, there was a guy looked a little down on his luck uh, here, and he had this uh, one-year-old German Shepherd here on Monday. And uh, I'd seen him out there all morning, sitting in front of the mall here. And finally, uh, I don't know what time it was, about 10, 10.30 or something, he comes walking up and knocks on our studio door and comes in, and he says, I, I have to get rid of my pup. I've had him for a year, purebred German Shepherd. Uh, it took me forever to find a, an apartment, and now they tell me I have to get rid of him. Um, I did my damnedest. I made some phone calls because um, they were going to call animal control and, and get them out of here. I, um, I, I took the dog and, and I made some calls and, and found a home for it. But when I came back, I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, I felt kind of bad because I rolled up and within maybe two minutes, I have this dog in my back seat and I'm on my way. And the guy is just standing there. And I said, I, if that would have been me, I would have been bawling like a baby. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, after you, as soon as you got out of here, you came in, sat on the bench and cried for two hours. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, even talking about that stuff, I get the, the shivery things. I just think that there's so many people that they don't consider an animal or a pet the same way maybe we do. I, I don't know. Um, maybe they've never had one, but um, it just... I don't know. Um, but I think that's the argument is that, you know, when you are a council member or, you know, in that position, your role is not to be, you know, this is my opinion necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can state your opinion. I could tell you my opinion all day long. Sure, right? sure. But I have a role to represent an organization. They have a role to represent, you know, a portion of the city. And you're not going to find a portion of the city that says they want to cover 
any of these things. And that's where donors and grants yeah. and businesses step in and they do this. So when you start to get into, you know, what is the impact of some of the stuff that went out, right? We're working on, you know, like let's get right information out there and everything. But remember that we are serving animals. We're, we're busy people trying to do the job plus respond to all these types of mm-hmm. things. And when you say, did you provide all the information? We absolutely did. And, you know, but when it comes to the city, so, you know, our contract states that it is for stray animals, which, you know, stray animals really don't, um, they're pretty easy to, yep. you know, because you don't know anything to do with them. Right. Or right. you don't, know, you don't have like really too many questions because who are you going to ask? Yep. But, you know, the contract also states that, um, there is, I'm trying to like give you exactly words. So it says that we will provide for stray and abandoned animals. Mm-hmm. And specifically, the shelter will provide shelter, managing personnel and facilities available to care for stray. Oh, sorry. I just repeated myself. I'm sorry. But okay. um, here it is. So, um, and, and such animals delivered by representatives of the Grand Forks Police Department for safekeeping. Okay. So we provided to the city, you know, some examples of what, you know, different, you know, community service officers or whatever have filled out on forms that qualify under safekeeping. Right. And so when you go through those, you start to see things like, you know, I'm trying to pull one up here, but you know, one of them I know was, okay, so you get neglect and cruelty cases. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. So we have neglect and cruelty and then they come in and it's like, um, then, so we have one case in particular that was marked that, and it came in in November, and then we were told, well, you can give it back to the owner. Okay? So we get, you know, nine cats and two dogs or whatever it is from one location. We house it because we're told it's ne- neglect cruelty. Yep. There's a big cost to it. So then we're like, okay, so the owner also gets told you can go pick up your animals. Okay? But you just can't have them all in the city. Okay. Right? You need to okay. split them up. Okay, so one month later, these same animals come back. Oh, geez. Right? Yeah. So then we did. We provided the city with, like, this is the cost. Well, you know, then you start getting into, well, we didn't ask you to treat the animal. We asked you to hold the animal. And what cost are we paying for a day? Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, and those are all, it's fair. They they should ask, well, what should we pay? We provided options. Yeah. Well, if you don't want to provide this, because, you know, some of the things we have is, like, kennel enrichment. And that's when, yeah. you know, we make sure the animals are playing with other animals. Again, council would be fair to say, like, well, we don't really think you need to pay. We be, we need to pay for yeah, that. Okay. Your donors do, right? So uh, you split the building in half and say, okay, these are these are uh, city animals that the city says we deal with, and these are the animals we're going to work with. Um, we got a few more, uh, in fact, a, a lot more questions and, and things to talk about. Uh, Laura Lee Tupa, CEO of Circle of Friends Animal Shelter, in the studio today. Uh, we're going to take a short little break. Again, our number is 701-213-0863. If you want to get a hold of us, feel free to text or call. And we will be back right after this from Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701 
330-1273. Tell you what, there is a lot of snow out there. Call Executive Properties, too, if you want to get rid of some uh, some of your snow. They do a great job with snow removal and all of that stuff, uh, besides the work they do building and, and, and uh, all of that. Uh, Laura Lee Tupa, CEO of Circle of Friends Animal Shelter, um, been in the news a ton lately. You know, everything goes up. And uh, so does animal care. It's increased. I mean, we're pushing 30% in the last year. Um, I don't know if you can compare that with inflation, but nothing goes down. Everything seems to always go up. And and these are other things that people just don't think about, right? Well, and people don't realize that we are operating 24-7, 365 days a year. Right. Okay, so even in December, when we did take away our phone answering service, Which was added because we were having membership meetings where members were stating, like, people don't answer their phone and we can't get through because... And so we added an answering service, which had 15 people answering. And I had it in here, you know, but, I mean, we were averaging... Oh, I do have it in here, actually. I do remember. But, um, so, when we look at how many calls just, you know, come in through us and the, um, the police, like, over the course of... So... We get 23 calls a day. Okay. Okay. And we get 711 calls a month. Okay. Which, you know, total was 8,532 calls a year. Wow. Okay. So imagine having staff who are answering that. And they're all between nine and five, these phone calls, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. And then, you know, dispatch, they didn't get as many that had to do with animal. Like, and this is their own. They had 2,461. But between the two organizations, there was 10,993 animal related. Now, dispatch, or excuse me, Chief Nelson did provide clarity that it, they could be calling about a bird or deer in their yard sure. or something. So just an animal. Right. It's something to do with animals. Mm-hmm. Where ours, I would say, it's, it's rare for us to get those types of calls, but yep. we could be getting a, a call about, can I bring you blankets? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying that this is how many stray calls sure. happened in a year. And we have never like made that claim. But when you start to think about that, so when we had that service in place, the idea was that if you lost your dog, you could call anytime. And it was connected to one of our phone numbers. Mm-hmm. And the same with like the Grand Forks Police Department. If you get on the scene of something, one of us will show up. We don't even have a vet clinic that does that. Right, right. Okay? No, we don't. No. And we're doing that for stray unowned animals. We have multiple situations where we went in the middle of the night. This summer, I went in multiple times and triaged animals with, you know, I mean, I have extremely graphic pictures of blood all over chains in the garage and everything from these calls. And so when we did cancel the service, I mean, I emailed, you know, the chief of police and I was like, here is, you know, my personal cell phone number. Mm -hmm. So we don't want the police to be in that situation. We want to, you know, walk alongside them to serve. You want to continue doing what you're doing. Right. Exactly. And so we do have this major cost to, you know, make sure that we have phones being answered Mm -hmm. and all that. But, you know, it's a thing where we've done everything we can to show that, you know, to demonstrate this partnership with the city. Like it was mentioned that every animal that gets adopted from us to a Grand Forks resident, we license. Yeah. So they're already in the process. And it doesn't benefit us in particular, but it follows that code so that we're introducing them to what is the city rules. You're, you're doing what probably 70% of city <laughs> people that own animals do not do, yeah, which is supposed to be done. Right. Exactly. And we're, and we're telling the adopters, and if the adopter refuses, we don't adopt to them. Okay. Okay. That, there's nothing like, wrong with that. Because we look at it as we're contracted by the city, so we follow the rules. Yes. Yes. So when we were talking about fostering, 
Okay. We do not have, we have, we have very minimal fosters because instead we invite people to our organization to care for the animal there. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is we really can't guarantee overpopulation. Like we've had photos submitted to us of, you know, here's somebody who lives in an apartment, has 17 cats. It's from, you know, an animal rescue. We're like, well, it's not us. So you got to go talk to somebody else about this. However, it is concerning, right? Is that the community we want? You know, or should there be something that says, you know, whether it's whatever, we're following code, uh-huh. which also does, like we had a foster, amazing foster, would always take dogs for us. Well, then she started to foster fail a couple of times and we couldn't let her foster for us anymore because she would have went over that city code limit. Okay. And so our thing is, is we're going to follow it. We're going to follow what the city is telling everybody are the rules because you know, because of this contract and because of the fact that we believe that we should support that. Mm -hmm. And so it is just different. And that's kind of part of the thing. You know, we were recognized for our claims on a national level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so we're working really hard. But I think this picture got painted like, where did $2 million go? Why would you do in the middle? And the the question did get asked to me, why would you do construction in the middle of COVID? Uh, we had this plan before COVID. Yeah. (laughs) That's how we did it in the middle of COVID. Just because 90% of the world came to a stop because of COVID, the whole world doesn't have to. Well, and we had the money and we needed to fulfill this obligation of other past employees, yeah. past board members telling the community, right? And there was a lot of lack of clarity when I started. You know, I mean, if I could tell you how many times people were like, don't you have a crematorium? I mean, I'd have a million dollars by now because the previous board had conversations about, well, we should have a crematorium and it took a long time to get different donors and, you know, to be in there. Additionally, you know, we fought a battle of, you know, there was, you know, previous leadership where there was, you know, in the newspaper, the way that it was handled when that person was removed from the organization, it Mm -hmm. didn't follow things. So we lost some major donors. So there's been this like uphill battle in this role. And additionally, there's been this group, right? When, when I started at Circle of Friends, we took animals from everywhere. Yeah. We took them from East Grand Forks everywhere. Sure. And here's the thing. It doesn't make sense because like, and I went to board meetings. I'm like, hold on. Why would I, as a taxpayer, want to pay you through the city to take an animal when you take them for free from everywhere else. Right, That's right. That's stupid. Yeah. And so we stopped. We said, if you don't pay us or a donor doesn't step in. So we do have people in East Grand Forks who give us money. So yep. then we make sure that we take some of those on surrenders to match the donor. Right, right. Right? Because we want to be able to say to the city, like, you're not paying for something Didn't that everybody else anything. get for free. Mm-hmm. And so we stopped doing that, which did upset some people who are more focused on you should just help every animal. doesn't matter where they come right. from, which is a great cause. However, that's not why the county and the city partner with us. Mm-hmm. It's to make sure everything within those you know city limits, county limits are served. And we've done it time and time again, including being the only place that does TNR for the county, you know, to help with overpopulation. Right. And stuff. And we've done, you know, these pieces. And so people can choose whatever they want to support. We respect it's your dollar. What we would recommend is look into where your dollar is going. Right. Right. You know, because we have outside audits Mm -hmm. and we have, you know, guide star rating. And I've got this group who wants to continuously put things into question and then they do it. And then we start providing documents and people are like, I don't I don't know what this is. Yeah. And and some of this group, they don't even live in the damn town. They don't even live anywhere near here. I don't know why they just don't keep their business and keep their lips flapping wherever they live now, because it's more than just this. Now, when you look at we we had kind of started the show, uh, Laura Lee, with the with the headline that was in the paper, two million in cash became. Came forty two thousand in unpaid bills. 
a lot of people, and, and I want to talk about donors right now, they don't read into this. They don't ask. They don't do their due diligence and the research to find out. But right off the bat, when you look at a headline like that, did you lose donors? Because they really don't know what's going on and they just read the headline. And Is that going to be, is it an issue? Is this going to continue to be an issue? So when we look at, and I actually have exact, you know, like numbers and where we were at. So, you know, one of the conversations was, didn't you do this to yourself because you put yourself out in the news and you're sitting in a parking lot? Isn't that how, you know, you lost support? And my answer would be no, because actually we increased significantly with, um, how much was coming in when um, we were doing this. Mm -hmm. So when we first started in like week one of doing it, we raised over $20,000. Okay. Okay. So each week we're somewhere, the lowest weeks we had were $13,000. Okay. Then this article comes And this was during the holidays too. So, right. okay. Well, yeah, and you know, and that's the biggest thing is we had a lot of people saying like, you know, we we really don't know if we can help, you yeah. know, these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But people were coming in and everything was, you know, going really well. Then we have an article that comes out and, you know, there's this conversation of like, well, don't people deserve to know everything? Sure they do. Yeah. That's why we provided it all. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, but then all of a sudden you go, well, okay, I, I do apologize. One of our weeks was around 11,000, okay. but still, right? So everything's going and we have people just flooding and we had a lot of adoptions and everything. Then all of a sudden you're looking at under two, three to five grand, mm-hmm. right? And so it's this thing where we're saying, okay, whatever, write whatever you want. I don't care. Go for it. However, to the donors... Come ask us some questions. Yeah, right. Right? Because we can show you, and then you can decide. I had a donor who took me up on it because there was this, you know, whatever, you know, somebody who has too much time to sit on the couch and type things out, Yeah, right? be miserable and, and be a keyboard warrior. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I saw some things, and I was like, you know what? Just come have coffee with me. I don't care. You can tell me what I can learn. We'll learn from it. We'll mm-hmm. grow. And you can also tell us, you know, what you think the questions are. And, you know, I'm handing these things. And so some say, like, well, you've been losing money for three years. Well, that's absolutely correct because we've been in this situation with, so we have these animals coming in from the city that we don't have clarity on, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you need to keep it for this. You need to keep it for this. So one example, and this isn't the city's fault. This is an easy example, is that we had a dog come in that was locked into a car, Okay. So it's dehydrated. Yep. It's like barely living. Okay. We go all the way to Fargo. It's one of the first cases they take, and they're on a tier system. Sure. Okay. So it had to stay there to get rehydrated for, I don't know, 10 or 12 days. Somewhere, oh, boy. Somewhere around $13,000 yeah. is what we submitted to the court. Mm-hmm. So we get restitution. Okay. So if you take restitution, I mean, it's like throwing spaghetti noodles at a wall and hoping it sticks. Right, right. You don't get restitution. Mm-hmm. It looks good. It sounds like you did a good job. But this person left so this person had two dogs the court said they could have the one dog back that didn't have the thirteen thousand dollar bill and the and that they had to pay restitution on the other one they couldn't have it back okay this person lives some other state so our only choice would be to find a private investigator go find this person and what people will tell you is that when you get into court then then they're gonna say well i don't have money right Right? i i can't help you you know i can't pay this so then all of a sudden you're getting this 20 dollars check that you know whenever whoever's next in line what the next boards and stuff what is this ten dollars that we get monthly right mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. nobody even knows what it is right and, but it's nowhere near that fifteen thousand. so then you get back to so 
So who should pay for it? Right, right. Right? So the Because the vet bring, still wants their money. Well, and so the city is going to bring it in because none of us want a dog dying in a car more than likely. I'd say you could get a majority on that one. Yeah, yeah. Right? But if you're going to these other pounds, more than likely, that's going to be a euthanasia or a call mm-hmm. to a rescue to sure. come and get this one. And what, what happens next? Well, then they post the picture and say, can you help us out? Can you help us out? Right? Well, you have to be careful when it's a court case. Right? Because innocent till proven guilty, you can't oh, just yeah. stick yep. these pictures sure. up there. Because we know there's an owner. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some organizations are pulling animals that could hurt and stuff, and they can't identify an owner. That's different. Cause, yeah. But in North Dakota, it's law. My owner, my property. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we can't fundraise for this because we don't know what's going right. to happen. Right, But again, so that's where donors step in. Right? Okay, so donors step in, and then you get into an argument with a donor. Well, here's the thing. I know that you want me to be no-kill. I understand. Yep. You want me to yep. be no-kill. Yep. Okay, well, we're certified as no-kill. Mm-hmm. And we can show you we are because we report all of our numbers. Yep. But now you're sitting here and it's like, so, you know, are you willing to give up $12,000 for one dog? And, and that's where it ends. A lot of people would. Some right? people wouldn't. And we did. Yep. And our return was a letter of restitution and an adoption fee. You know, we showed them how mm-hmm. much it was of $250. Wow. So, you know, again, it's the donor who gets to dictate this. Yeah. You know, it's the, you know, is that money going to come in and all those different complications around it. And so it's not sitting here, you know, saying, you know, that whatever, but it's just a, it's a thing where you have to decide what, what are we standing for? What do we want? And also, you know, I, I mean, I always do think the police are given too much to do. Right? Yeah, they I are. Mean, they are. There's too much on that yes, plate. Yes, I agree. And it's um, and and so we have the situation. And so you know, if they come in for this stuff, I mean, they did. They went through court. Mm-hmm. They all the right things happened, but then it's kind of like, well, who is responsible for it? You know, and it sits. Sure, sure. And so, so it's like, well, the owner was responsible because of restitution. But like I said, you know, unless you can go get enough of those noodles to stick on the wall, you're sitting there right. with, well, we did the right thing. And then all of a sudden you get this article in the paper. And yes, we disclosed this. Yes, we disclosed, disclosed multiple cases that showed in an Excel sheet, here's how much is spent on animals. Mm-hmm. Right? I, there's not much in that article about animals. Oh, right, right. right. And, stuff, and so when you get into, well, so then it's, okay, well, then people will say, well, I, we recommend to you that you go build donor trust again. Right? Because if I was to give you $2 million, I don't want you to be in a parking lot again. Okay, well, we understand what you're saying there. Yeah. However, like, okay, when you look at a medical center, we have all the tools we need to do a good job. We Mm -hmm. have an adoption center. Mm -hmm. We have a medical center. When you look at that adoption center, we had to renovate. We had to follow different codes. We have emails showing what we were told to follow, you know, and outside of those, you also have to follow a standard, right? So everybody who has animals, right, should be following these standards because it's proven to not spread disease to other places. It's this. Now, that's not city. The city doesn't have this, like, regulation on what kind of flooring or Uh what kind of caging you have. However, we had the ASPCA personnel walk through to say, hey, how did we do here? There are still standards. Right. And so, although you might want to say, well, it's a lot cheaper that, you know, my dog sits in that cage all night. Yeah. Right? Well, that's not how you're supposed to do it. And so again, that's the donor's decision. You can mm-hmm. support either one. Like you said, everybody's doing a great job, but you just have to pick where you want to put your money and what it is. And we do have that document that shows. The other thing is, is when you do a medical center, 
okay, if you go open a business, you're going to have a bunch of costs you don't really, you can't really predict, right? Because yeah, you don't know. Sure. Oh, yeah. In the history of the organization, we have never had a medical, like where you have surgeries on site and all these treatments on site. So now you got to hire vet techs. Mm-hmm. You got to do this, right? Yep, yep. Okay, well, we projected a certain amount. Well, guess what happened? Number one, wages went up. And yep. number two, we had local clinics who sold corporate mm-hmm. and they can pay more, yep. right? And all of a sudden we've got a big group of people who leaves. So then we have to increase wages so sure. we can keep people to yep. do this service. Which because, is happening everywhere. Right. And at the end of the day, it's like, sure, you can argue everybody in nonprofit should be a volunteer. And this is what I've said every time. Okay, so show me all of these shelters, rescues, and Mm. how they're actually all volunteer, because I don't know of all the vets. You know, it's like if you contract a service, right? Like, oh, well, you know, we used to take our our pets to the veterinarian. You know, there'd be a bill, all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff, right? Especially during construction. Okay? That doesn't mean we're all volunteers. Yeah. Right. Right. So when you're saying these statements, you really have to be sure what you're saying is actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so when so then people say, well, you know, if you look at their budget, there's barely anything for animal cost. Well, then you're not reading it right, because when you move like so before our bills were in animal care, right? Cause you're paying vet clinics and wonderful vet clinics helped us out during construction. Absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. We can't say enough good about pet Tetra. We can't say enough good about kindness. They were so great. Okay. But when you are looking at that, okay. So all of a sudden your bills changed because now your wages went up because you hired the people to do what you were outside. That you sourcing. have to do. Yeah. Right. And so there's going to be this time period. And so when we talk about the perfect storm, that's what happened. Wages go up. You don't have a 24 hour clinic. So Mm -hmm. if I'm going to hire you and say, hey, guess what? You know, you can work here where you're not going to have an owner that tells you what's wrong with the dog. You're going to have all sorts of things wrong. You're going to see cigarette burns. You're going to see, you know, domestic violence victims come in to look at their animal. You're going to see all this stuff. Oh, and by the way, we can't pay you what the other places pay you where you'd be eight to five. Mm -hmm. And we need you to work weekends because we operate, right? Yep. And so it's, you know, this thing where it's like, so where do you draw the line? And, you know, it's fine. If people, you know, I've been a target, right? That's fine. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I don't care if I'm CEO. I don't even care what I make. Mm-hmm. The thing that I came here to do was to care for people and pets in our community. Sure. And our numbers show we did that. Um, uh, and I'm agreeing with you. Uh, you know, you mentioned um, earlier about um, kind of being transparent and talking. Um, a lot of people, they'll, they'll read the story, they'll read the headlines, and they'll form their opinion. Um, like me now, um, I can't make stuff up. Um, I, I throw a lot of crap out there. I mean, I'm going to be the first to admit I kick people. I throw them under the bus. I, I can't make anything up. But I also say, if you don't believe me, go talk to these people. Do the research. If they were to do that instead of just saying, you know, listening to what some hater is saying or reading an article, which we all know, the way the news and the media are now, I'm almost embarrassed sometimes to say I'm part of the media anymore because most people don't trust the media anymore. Wouldn't it be better off if they just called you and said, hey, Laura Lee, I've got some questions. Uh, could you find time to talk to me? And would you do that? And if more people did that, wouldn't a lot of this, this wouldn't be happening. Am I right? Right. Well, we have a lot of people who are doing that Mm -hmm. and, you know, and they are quite upset about it because they're like, what is the objective here? 
right? Like, where does this come from? Why would anyone, you know, have this objective of like, let's go try to hurt a nonprofit. Let's go try like, oh, we're and there gonna, are people doing that. Well, and we're going to prove they did something wrong. Okay. Uh-huh. So yeah. when you're proving somebody did something wrong, then you're going to have, okay, well, they lost money for three years. Okay. But we also had very heavy investments, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We know sometimes places get, you know, a bunch of money or something, and then they might choose to do it for salaries. That's not sure. what happened here, right? Yep, like we yep. have a medical center mm-hmm. and we have an adoption center and we have things that are going to last for years to come. And at this point it's, you know, a donor thing of, do you want to keep that going? Now, when you project out, well, should you have built it when you project it out? Well, guess what we didn't count on, right? We didn't count on inflation being at the rate it was. We didn't count on this huge wage thing. Yep. And you yep. see businesses closing all over the place. All over. And so to me, I'm like, okay, well, so what's, what's the goal? What can you, what can we gain from having circle of friends lose, right? Like what, what do you gain there? And there's a lot of loss there. So first of all, there is not another organization that is helping these people in our community because we have a motto behind every pet is a person. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Right. And so, you know, when you have a pet come in and it has cigarette burns I know what we're worried about is we want to find out where it came from because if you start abusing a dog, there's some really big trends. Yeah, there's our, kids and, and right. it just carries on. Right, and CVAC is an amazing partner. And mm-hmm. we did, a, you know, you can go to Dove Talks and go look at it. And we talked about this, right? And you have to be very, very careful in this world of how making sure there's enough opportunities for kids. Yeah. Because sadly, People use animals to lure children. Yeah, they do. I know. So if you don't have our program where I don't, you know, if you're a person where you're like, you know what, I really, a dog's not, cat's not the right fit for our family. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay, so your child might be in a situation where other children have been, where all of a sudden they're talking to somebody or they're hanging out with somebody, right? We don't adopt to people who are like, oh yeah, I'm an uncle and I'm just going to get a dog. So when my niece comes over, that's a, that's a hard no in our organization, right? right. Because we know these things and we start alerting, like, hold on, if this person comes back, we need to really have Mm -hmm. a conversation Mm -hmm. because there has to be responsibility because this is a lure tactic. Yeah, right. And so you need to know where animals are going. You need to know what's happening, and you. I strongly believe you need a city that has a place where parents and children can go interact with animals because some kids really, really want that. Oh, and yeah. if they don't get it, then they're going to start going and talking to other people, and that can be a place of where a child can get lured. Mm-hmm. And the last thing anybody wants is for that to happen. Absolutely. But if you think it's not true, like you just said, go Google it yourself. Go yeah. look it yeah. up. It's one of the top things that's used. It's also how abuse keep people is that they say like if you try to leave i will kill your I'll dog i'll kill your dog right yeah. we've had and you read that in the headlines all the time right so with us you can go get help we'll take your dog mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and make sure it's taken care of we'll report to you we provide you with a private place like i've heard about this dog park thing well you should be responsible for dog park can park can i ask why right because we have every park filled with animals who are playing together and then we have these victims who have been through awful things yep. Yep. coming out and needing some privacy Sure. Right. To spend sure. time with their animals. And, you know, somebody responded to me, so I can't have a dog park for the 10 people you help. Well, I guess that's up to you to look at it however wow, you want. Wow. If you're looking at it that way, right. oh my gosh. Right. Well, and the other thing is, is that when, you know, when you give to a nonprofit, right, that's not giving you permission to control a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. 
right? If you want to give, right? And we talk about this a lot. I work with a lot of donors. If you want to give me $100, you want to go to something, at Circle of Friends, we write that down. Yep. And then we come back and we give you that receipt. Sure. Right? But outside of that, you don't, you know, things depreciate. It's like saying, okay, well, I gave you a sign, you know, at the baseball diamonds or whatever. And since I gave you, you know, $40,000 worth of a sign, I want that to last 20 years. That's absurd. Nobody yeah. would expect that. Right, right. You lose your voice, right? Sure. Like you give and you it, it, get That's into the big thing. word, give. Right. I gave it to you. Right. I'm not going to be an Indian giver and... You know, it's just an old term, but I'm not going to ask for it back. It's like looking a gift horse in the mouth. You know, I'm, I'm, it's give. That's the word. The give comes from gift. Am I correct? Right. And well, and you do have control of the how it's handled at the time of transaction, mm-hmm. right? And how it's being utilized. But when it comes to a dog park, it's not what's best for our facility because we have kids groups who go in those dog parks. We have, you know, we have different people. The other thing is, is that we want to make sure that we can stay focused with our mission, right? Yep. So if somebody wants a dog park, I mean, I don't know where you get a dog park. We have a really, really nice one that the yeah. city provides you at Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. I suppose you could go there, right? But it's not in our organizational mission to provide this. No. And you have to be focused. So this is something that I always tell people right away, okay? So if you're handing a dollar to somebody, you want to know where it goes, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, well, how much of this goes to whatever? So some you know, are putting out there, well, everything you give us goes to animals Mm -hmm. or goes to people. The reason you don't see nonprofits doing that is because number one, it's not ever recommended to say those things, Mm -hmm. right? Because you need to be able to say like, okay, here's, so if you look at our 990 and you look at wages, right? So it says administration, it says fundraising, and it says programming. So you can see how much time does Laura Lee Tupa spend with animals? How much time is she actually hands on, Mm -hmm. right? And how much time are all these other people spending fundraising? Mm -hmm. And if you spent a hundred grand on fundraising, did they make it back? Because you got to put in, like, if I come to you and I say, hey, will you just give me a bunch of free ads? Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you survive? Because every nonprofit then you now owe ads to. Right. So there is a charge. There's a partnership that happens. You might Mm -hmm. give me a discount. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you might do some things. You might say, you know, by nine months, we give you three. I'm not suggesting. I'm just saying. Right. Yep. But to say that all of these places just give it to you for free. So you have to properly report. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Similar to if you're, you know, at an event, you're selling T-shirts and stuff. You have to pay sales tax. Yeah. You have to do these things yeah. because otherwise what can happen is I'm selling a shirt and this business is selling a shirt. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm a nonprofit. So buy my T-shirt. Right. Because it's going to go to this and you have to pay the sales tax to equal it out. And so when you're looking at GuideStar and all this and we're platinum rated and, you know, all of these things, it's because you go through the hard work to be fully transparent. Mm -hmm. And so when you get somebody without financial knowledge who starts digging in there and they think they've discovered something. Yeah. My thing always is, is consider your source. It's kind of what we've been talking about right? this whole time. Yeah. I mean, go find out who said it. Yep. Do they have a degree in finance? Mm-hmm. Are they a certified CPA? We have an audit. Like, we have outside audits done. Outside auditors. And you get audited more than most. Well, I mean, we do it on an annual basis. Yeah, okay. outside auditors are then audited. Yeah, yeah. So my question is, when you're giving to people, why aren't you insisting that you have somebody who knows what they're doing look at everything? And make sure that, yeah, you know what? And, you know, well, what's a clean audit? Like that got asked. There's no recommendations. When I came in, there was an audit done on the previous year. Okay. Right? There was pages 
oh. of recommendations. Okay. Right? So we worked hard to finish that because when you go in and you hand somebody $20, it's not going to go in somebody's pocket. As soon as that happens at Circle Friends, two people sign off on a sheet of paper. They write down their initials, what time it came in, who it came from, how much it was, and they put that money into a box. Okay. So when you see that happening, similar, like you're in a daycare here, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how do you find out if somebody did something horrible is that somebody is not following a system. Right. So when everybody's trained to do this, you can catch fraud because you're like, wait a minute, that guy put it in his pocket. Mm -hmm. That's not how we handle things. Mm -hmm. Like we were at an event. You can't just take it home with you. You got to go back to the shelter, put it in a box. That's how it works. So if somebody sees somebody drive off in the direction of home after you leave an event, you're like, hold on. What's happening here? And that's really how you can catch fraud and how you can do these different things. And that's why we have these systems in place is that we want that donor respect. And those things do cost money. Mm hmm. Right. Like you can't ask, well, how do I know where my money goes? I don't want, you know, you hear all these companies that get in trouble for fraud and everything. Well, I want to make sure that doesn't happen. I want to make sure the quality of care is there. You know, well, we can do that for you. Right. Because we can tell you, well, we follow this standard. Here's the book we used. Oh, you don't like that standard? What do you want us to do? Right. Right. You know, but we aren't the ones who put national standards in place. You want to know why? Because we're not the experts. So I want to go try to write an article on it. Because I'm not the expert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would be like, you know, here's the book. Well put, yes, yes. And 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 I want to throw this out there. Um, a lot of what you people have to deal with is uh, people that aren't, they shouldn't have a dog. They shouldn't have a pet. Um, you know, they look cute on TV. They look cute. If you're going to go to a pet store, which I'm totally against buying dogs at a pet store, I think it should be illegal. Um but people aren't ready. They're, they're not mature enough or, or, or whatever. You know, well, I never knew the dog was going to shed or I never knew this cat would puke on my carpet. Blah, 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 blah. That's the things you have to deal with. That's the things you should know. But what is next for Circle of Friends? Well, right now, you know, especially with that drop, you know, that happened two weeks ago, we're facing these big decisions of how do we continue on? Right. And we've been very honest that, you know, it costs $150,000 to operate monthly, you know, and we were getting somewhere like an on average, right, of donations and adoption income at about 50000 That's mm-hmm. a big difference, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there's a, you know, a person that I highly respect who said like, but look, you've been losing money for three years. And I said, you know, absolutely. But in that, you know, we're trying to add a medical center that mm-hmm. was like a dream a long time ago. Well, when... You know, now we are faced with, well, I guess we're going to have to combine both, right? But when you do that, both facilities have been full multiple times this year. So now you're looking at, okay, so what is the impact is animals get turned away, right? People can't get help the same because we don't have room in our facility now for you to come in and interact and do all this because we're going to be basically, you know, sardine canned into one organization, right? And how many times do people show up and they're like, you know, we'll have people stand in line outside the adoption center because it's too crowded in it, right? Now you're going to combine two. Then you're looking at, we aren't going to be able to, right now we are so thankful for Myra Foundation because right now we're able to spay and neuter because of them. Right. Right. And, you know, we haven't used all of it or anything, you know, but I mean, just spay and neuter this month alone, we're looking at four to $5,000. Wow. Right. Yeah. And we've had a slow month because it's January, it's cold, there's all these different factors. Sure. So when you're looking at that, then when you start to look at what happens to Circle of Friends. So we have an amazing account at the Community Foundation that donors have built for years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you can't take money out of the Community Foundation when you need money 
instead, it's like you get interest. And it's a great program because basically, you know, anybody in the community can go down there. They can put money into this fund and delegate it. You know, like I like this nonprofit, this one, and that's where it goes. Okay. And then it gets designated. So we have a very nice lump sum there. Well, if it continues where we're having to somehow justify the things we've done, which is no kill, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, proper accounting, you know, being transparent. It's not fun to tell people you've lost money for three years. No. However, when you put it next to the animal care costs. Yes. And you put it next to the rise in animal care, the rise in the specific cases, $15,000 for one dog. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, wait. And then you start to hear, oh, they're the only no-kill. They're the, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. Because you can't find an organization that's comparable to us in Montana, South Dakota, Iowa. There's some in Minnesota. Yep. Because, and the idea of when all this started back again in 2019, Mm -hmm. and we still have support from this on a national level, is that we wanted to help other, because we were so thankful for these donors who gave to us to create these projects, Mm -hmm. right? So what we wanted to do was teach other shelters, you know, like, here's how you can do surgery. Here's how you can do that. Bring people in from all over the United States to Grand Forks, North Dakota to learn this, right? And to, like, see how you do the surgeries and stuff because we all have a heart to teach. We want people to learn. And it is really cool when kid groups come in, like we had a bunch last year, and they're all watching. They're like, oh, man, you know, when the surgery starts, I'm going to need a bucket, right? And instead... We don't have kids using phones in our facility. They're so busy watching surgery and they're looking at, you know, a parasite under a microscope. And all of a sudden you have a kid who dreams of being a doctor or dreams about being a veterinarian because they're like, well, I thought surgery would be horrible, but that was actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have a veterinarian who comes out and talks to them and interacts with them and lets them try on the lights and see everything. So, you know, that's where the money went. Yeah. Right. Is into our community. The other thing is, is we buy local. That's huge. We Mm -hmm. support, you know, Treat, Play, Love. We support these, you know, ACE and these different places because we're trying, those are the places that when we have an event, how many events do you go to where all these local places are giving stuff? Right. Right. So we don't put the bulk of our money into places that aren't doing that. Right. And and so there is a slightly higher cost when Mm -hmm. you're doing that. Now, I will say, especially with like Treat, Play, Love and stuff, is that they offer, you know, like a discount to, um, you know, different rescue and anybody who's helping animals. But what my point is, is that there is always that, you know, added cost because we do believe in building this community. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of our goals is we want to build families. So when you're looking at the community foundation and you're like thinking about this account, it's like, so what does happen? Right? So if something happens to us, that money now becomes available to somebody, to another organization that's doing something similar. Because it's going to stay at the community foundation, right? right? And it's become public now. Oh, they have a, a mortgage on a building. Okay. Well, the mortgage isn't for the whole amount of the building. Mm-hmm. But if donors don't step in, then, of course, that mortgage could go. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, who could possibly buy that? Right? So you start to kind of look and you're like, well, hold on a minute. What is actually happening here? And, and it's, it's something to look at. Right. Because it's like, why, why wouldn't we support this organization that can prove the numbers? We have pictures of things that happen. It's not like we're sitting here lying to you that we've served all these people. You know, every single animal that comes in from the city, all you have to do is come in and say, hey, I want to see all 1100 animals. We'll go on our computer. We'll pull up every single police sheet. 
We'll pull up every individual license, and the majority are police officers who are working hard to yeah. bring them all in. It shows their badge number. We're not lying to you. Mm-hmm. This is where they come right. from. You're not making it up. Right. And so when you start looking at and then all of a sudden, and this was provided to the city, you know, we, we show, like, you know, citizens call in, like we have a lady whose husband went to jail, and, you know, I no longer want my dog. Can you come get it? Right. And they're coming in and we have those, you know, forms that police have Mm -hmm. filled out and they're put in. I mean, that's a terrible position to put an officer in. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, right. No kidding. And you get these. And and they shouldn't be doing that anyway. No. I mean, it's, it's this thing where you start to get into like, okay, let's all take a deep breath here and realize that like, I I mean, really, truly, we have some citizens who need to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And when you get a dog and I agree with you, when it comes to all facilities, there should be some rules. Like we have, kind of a thing when we start to see a lot of puppies come up on different pages and you know stores and stuff we're like great about four months we're gonna have an influx you bet yep right because they're people think they're cute and they want one and then they realize they don't have the patience well and i'll defend the the rescue that has a place here in town they have great screening Mm -hmm. okay but we have another rescue who comes here and we get calls oh i didn't know that my animal wouldn't be spayed and neutered yeah yeah oh my daughter was at this event was able to just give her money over Mm -hmm. like that has to stop yeah right and and now, again, you get into, well, who's going to monitor it? Well, I, I think citizens monitor it, right? Sure. Like, you see a place, you walk up to me, and go, hey, do you make sure where the homes that these animals are going into? Because I don't really want my tax dollars to pay for it later because, you know, somebody's like, well, I don't want my animal anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're like me, um, these ASCPA commercials and things like that, and, and of course they can't be a 30 second commercial. They're all like three <laughs> minutes long. They seem like three hours long. I, I can't turn, I, I can't watch them. Uh, if my wife and I are watching something and one of those TV commercials comes on, she yells at me to turn the channel and, and, and I do because I don't like them either. But folks, if you're out there and you're like me, there's a million of you out there. Keep on believing in the circle of friends animal shelter these guys they do tremendous work they really do don't believe everything you hear read do the research like we've talked about this is something um if you guys weren't around here this you're going to start to see a big big difference in things around here in the next year or two because we're going to be overrun with these animals with these pets that used to be pets or whatever but Keep believing, folks. Um, I, I'm I'm a true believer, and this is going to go. Oh, this is going to pass. Uh, I, I really do. We're, we're getting really deep into this, but um, I, I got one last question for you before I let you finish up. Um, I asked you what's next for for a circle of friends. What's next for Laura Lee? Um, well, you know, I just always believe in the same things, right? Kindness, making the world better, trying to do the best that we can, mm-hmm. and. I'm going to do that every day to tell you, you know, like tell I'm not here anymore because I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I think that we, you know, our job, right. Is to make people's lives better. Yeah. Right. And so, and I believe we've done that and I know we have the stories and this team has worked tirelessly in all hours of the night and to do this. And now, you know, we're down to just this bare bones. Right. 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 And so, and you know, it's kind of a thing where when you say, what will the community be like? There is nowhere else that takes dead on, no. arri- r- dead on arrivals. No. Right. So where are they going to go? You know, there aren't, isn't a place that's doing this for kids and doing this. Now I respectfully understand, like, you know, I hear people, Hey, I like what you're doing, but I'm not for animals. Right. And I'll always say to them, well, what are you for? 
And they'll tell me and I'm like, great, you know, go support this nonprofit, whatever. I can tell you this is that I presented for um, basically it was a program where um, we help people who, you know, maybe are going to be hospitalized on emergency or their domestic violence or their temporary homeless family so we could take care of their dog. And we weren't awarded the grant. Right. But there is all these nonprofits and all of them sound the same. We have too many to serve. And too little money. And so with giving Heart Stay right around the corner, you know, if there's things that you can navigate in your own budget to give, you don't need to give to us. But, you know, when you say, like, what's my next step or whatever, is that, you know, make the world a better place. Because if you have food on the table, you know, you have a roof over your head, you're you're way further than some. Right. Oh, for sure. You know, and, For sure. and being somebody who, you know, I have bonus kids and all these different yeah, things, yeah. you know, you really don't understand what it's like to go without, but like really think about it. Like every time you're in front of food, you are, you're an exceptional, mm-hmm. you're at a completely different mm-hmm. place than a lot of people. And when I was young, like, you know, we were very poor for the longest yeah. time. And I remember I went to a friend's house and her mom opened these cupboards and she's like, Hey, pick out a snack. And I go home and I'm like, dad, I met the owner of the grocery store. Right, because I didn't know snacks didn't belonged know. in the cupboard. Yep. Right. Yep. And so it's when you're looking at, you know, what is your imprint in the world? And we have donors that, like, I know with a great degree of confidence that they're going to know what they gave to was people, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. gave to pets, and they built families. They created these experiences that allowed children to dream, and allowed, a, you know, somebody who is really feeling down in life to feel have meaning. And that's what we're all about. You know, and that's what we want to continue to do. Uh, you're not driving like a new Cadillac or Lamborghini or anything out <laughs> I there, are you? I need my car fixed. <laughs> um, Thanks for bringing it up. It's you about know. $1,700. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I know we could keep going on and on and on and on. Um, is there anything we didn't get out there? What I'm trying to do today, Laura Lee, is, is get people to not like we've been talking about just don't believe everything you hear don't believe everything you read do a little bit of research it does not take long to do make a few phone calls if you have to uh laura lee and, and, and your staff and your volunteers i know i know that uh, you guys are very transparent you don't have any problem you'll put anything out there if somebody comes up to you and says i want to see your records or your whatever your audits you're going to show them uh you guys don't have anything to hide um, and, and it's, it's bad that, um, you happen to be the whipping post for certain people and a few people and, and whatever, whether they live here or not. Um, all I've got to say to you is, um, keep up the fight, uh, keep it up because there are people that believe in what you do. There are a ton of people that believe in what the circle of friends animal shelter does. Um, and, and just keep doing it. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say, but, but keep doing it. And, uh, anything you need, make sure you get a hold of us too. Well, thank you. And we appreciate the opportunity and everything that you guys have done. I mean, you definitely, I mean, you've been on our site. You were part of the part of the parking lot and firewood and all that. So we really appreciate what you do. And we appreciate your desire to tell the story. You're kind of like Paul Harvey. What's the rest of the story, right? Good day. There you go. And now you know. Yeah, there you go. Paul Harvey used to be my Paul idol. Harvey. No way. I was. 
Yeah, and, and uh, back in my radio days, I used to do the Paul Harvey thing. I would not endorse a product unless I used it, just like Paul Harvey See? did. Exactly. Yeah. I, always, I love, I'll still go listen to it because it's like, what is the rest of the story? And my parents made us listen to it. And they yeah. would always say to us, hey, you just heard one side. Yeah, 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 there you go. You know, get out there and hear the rest. And this mm-hmm. is where that story is coming from. And so there you go. Yeah, I'll give I, you kudos I, for that today. I worked AM for many years, AM radio, and Paul Harvey was on every single show we ever did. So Laura Lee Tupa, CEO of Circle friends animal shelter and again folks uh giving hearts day is coming up um go talk to them give uh there's a lot of pets i tell you what you walk in there and you look at some of these animals uh you're gonna melt all right you are going to melt want to give a shout out to over heaven's cakes for bringing you today's show they're right down here in the north back side of the grand cities mall uh if you like cakes or cupcakes it doesn't matter if you've got a birthday or a special occasion or you've got a sweet tooth Check it out. Walk in. You're not going to want to leave. The smell alone is going to make you want to just take up residence there, all right? Open, uh, let's see, Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4. Saturdays are open from 9 to noon. Call them up or walk in, 701-757-CAKE. You can email them at overheavenscakes at yahoo.com. And again, north backside of the Grand Cities Mall. Hey, be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. You can do that at O for Heaven's Cakes. Thanks again to Laura Lee Tupa with the Circle of Friends Animal Shelter. Tomorrow with the uh, Bullring Boys, it's Dirty Thursday. And uh, we're going to go Zoom to Volusia Speedway in Florida. Yeah, how about that? We're going to be talking with uh, World of Outlaw Sprint Car announcer Johnny Gibson, Hall of Famer, the one, the only. I can't wait. You've got to tune in. And remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You'll never miss a show, all right? In the Grand Cities, they are grand. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.